0: Yeah, let's actually start off exactly where we initially began before we started recording, because I feel like that's such a perfect entry point, which is that you called it a paradigmless natural state that most recently you felt. And will you elaborate on that for us?
1: yeah um up until august of 2021 i had some sort of like okay i was enlightened right i considered myself enlightened and i knew that the self that i consider enlightened was not real you know that it's just a thing you say you're describing this experience by saying you know i'm enlightened this experience is an enlightened experience it's expensive it's uh, perceived as all one you know pure oneness emptiness you know nothingness awareness so i followed the awareness route to that realization to enlightenment basically what i considered enlightenment at the time which is what gave me this expansive view and the view of oneness uh because everything was made of awareness very clearly um all people all things and I was one and the same as this awareness. I was both the thing awaring and the objects of that awareness itself. So I considered, okay, that's done. To me, this is non duality, you know, awareness aware of awareness. So that's where I was. And no self in the sense of no collect character. The collect character had been completely seen through all of its thoughts, its memories everything was like oh that's just a story it was never real but I started to watch Frank Yang's YouTube videos and I was like there's a difference between his experience and mine mine isn't trippy it's not I mean yes I have blissful states right I have blissful kind of psychedelic states but it's not anything to write home about of course this is spectacular uh perceiving no separation beautiful but there's this thing that my experience doesn't match everything that he says. And that was the first time I'd encountered someone's teachings that I couldn't relate to. So then I started thinking about, what if what I'm in is a construct? Nice. Now I, I used different things. I started to think about deep sleep. You know, whatever deep sleep is, doesn't matter. But it was like my gateway into thinking, what is this awareness that I think is my continual baseline state? Am I truly always aware? What is my experience of deep sleep? Then I started to think about flow. You know, when you're in an activity and you just lose yourself in that activity. After that activity, I'm like, yeah, I was aware because I can remember. So I'm, I was aware. There wasn't an absence of awareness. Then I realized that's an afterthought. In the moment when I was in flow, I was not aware in the literal sense. And so that started to crack this awareness paradigm. And whether or not, you know, you're aware or not, doesn't even matter. You know, whether you're away in deep sleep, or way in flow state, doesn't matter. That's just the train that I took to get to, you know, this place of, oh my goodness, what? Mm-hmm. So after that, taking into account the fact that I didn't match Frank's experience. I started to think about the nature of awareness. And I thought, what is awareness without something to be aware of? Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: that was my main final sort of inquiry. And I know that theoretically, true non-duality is awareness, aware of awareness, which is technically one thing, right? But then I started thinking, that's like saying, I'm eating, but there's no food, right? I'm eating and eating. It doesn't quite make sense. There are two things here. Awareness implies something to be aware of. Whether it's awareness aware of itself or awareness aware of multiplicity, that's still the subtlest of dualities. And so last year I sat down and I found myself meditating and I was doing what Frank spoke about in his videos, which is Vipassana. And I was looking for the source of this awareness because for something to be in a subtle duality, there has to be a subject and an object. A subject must be present, perceiving something. So I realized, hey, there's this pool in my head. There's a sensation in my head that believes it is aware. Bear in mind, I had popped the locality bubble in a way as well. I no longer felt I was in my head. So it was a perfect paradigm, ideal enlightenment, but, this thing was taking credit for awareness somehow subtly, and in a moment that I objectified that thing, it was like a desolate wasteland. Immediately, it was like um, gravity was acting on the body for the first time. I remember sinking back into the couch that I was sitting on with this crazy inertia, and because before you know you've got the center in the body and you feel like you are sort of holding it together. And then as soon as the center falls out, it's like, oh my goodness, the the body is being acted on by gravity in the same way as like this pen or whatever. So the center fell away completely. And I realized that awareness and any other paradigm, God, uh, non-duality, spirituality, anything, all of that fell away, all of it. And that's why I haven't said anything on social media for six months. This is the first time I say anything publicly because it took me this long to be able to understand what had happened because I can no longer use any concepts or any words before I could say oh I've now recognized awareness of awareness I have now recognized myself as God consciousness the pure I but in that moment all of that fell away every single thing and so I simply do not know anymore (laughs) you know I do not know now I don't know, I knew, I knew, you know, you say you don't know, but in a way you've got the safety of knowing, like I'm awareness, I'm all powerful, infinite awareness, but you're something so much bigger, actually, you're, you are beyond even the, the highest of non-dual paradigms, so that's what happened, and for the last six months, there's sensations in the body, and like wind and sounds are all like doing this they're overlapping and the body has no place in the center so the body feels like it's been as if it were like a puppet and then the the strings were cut on the puppet or like i told frank where the body was normally like the center now the universe feels like a hand and the body's like one of the fingers mm-hmm. or the body is like one of the things floating around in a snow globe it has no anchor anymore mm-hmm. and since then true no suffering true no self and true no suffering no self in god no self in awareness no self in any paradigm whatsoever completely groundless
3: beautiful
4: yeah
0: <laughs> mm. yeah it feels like an honor um to be um a uh, that you felt an energetic draw to be able to share here with me on uh, this channel for the first time in in six months. And it also um, feels really divine with the way that um, where we're both at because um, I feel very similarly to um, what you describe, which is the inability to really speak um, about it the last uh, half a year also and although um there have been although there have been shifts happening um where you what you just described and how i feel um it it um it's really like destructive of any paradigms and ideas and concepts. Um, and I like how you called it the train of awareness, because that is kind of like what it is, is um, it's like a train that we take um, back inwards um, to source, if you will, or to um, knowing what we truly are. Um, and even that um, exploding into the mystery, infinite mystery. Um, and and then yeah, it becomes yeah very groundless. Um, and also um, the like I, I like how also, um, shunyata emptiness can be also translated to uh, hollowness. That's another great um, yeah like recent um, feeling because and then like the hollowness can sort of like the intelligent. Um, energy or infinity if you will can um, sort of um, just most effortlessly just flow the body mind to where it needs to be um, and mm. even to serve the rest of um, creation like waking up um, yeah. and without a sense of self that is constantly um, needing to tie everything to its mm. sense of worth or um, image um, and things like that.
1: Yeah, you're completely free floating. You know, by the will of whatever you want to call it, you are no longer resisting anything, and so you're following your literal divine path. You know, if you if we were to call it anything, the true freedom of no longer resisting some sort of you know given way for the character, and um, yeah, just not not being locked into anything. The, the free flow of not being locked in is insane. You know, as long as you're locked into something, whether, you know, a hobby, a, a job, a non dual paradigm, enlightenment, you are limiting yourself. You are setting up boundaries in which the character can only move like, you know, this within this paradigm. And as soon as you shed the paradigm and you're a free agent, you'd be surprised. You know, you just get done whatever to and with. You're just a puppet for whatever this is.
0: I love how you also described it like a being the hand and then of the universe and then the body being a finger. Um, That's a great one. I've also used the the towel as an analogy because, you know, the towel has all of the little, little uh,
2: yeah.
0: pokey yeah bits for that are strings that then are what like absorbs the water from our body when we rub it.
2: Yeah.
0: And so then we're that's the towelness, if you will, is like the universalness and then all of those little body minds are the little strings. Um, mm. And I and, it, and it's just how the mystery expresses itself in this dimension, we could say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah it's a seeming multiplicity but not really. You know and it, it's not even wholeness. It is not even oneness. You know so if you're stuck in oneness yeah just drop it and see what happens. It is something far beyond that. Total mystery. The first time you can say nothing about something. Yeah. That's that's such a big deal we always have something to say (laughs) you know we always we can always talk about stuff and even this we're talking about but we you know we can't really but what a feat to actually be experiencing something for once that I cannot describe yeah and you know the it's interesting what you said about the like mission awakening mission before I was thinking you know people are sort of caught up in different you know things some people are like spiritual some people believe in like spreading the message of awakening and I was like unknowingly negating those roles I was thinking you know that's not the point the point is to the point is to just get yourself enlightened and then whatever happens happens you know so there was like this kind of bias to like uh you could say spirituality and like spreading of the message because what does it matter because source doesn't care if anyone wakes up to it and yada 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 and then when the center fell away, I found myself immensely involved in spirituality for the first time, started reading the law of one, um, got into the Ra channeling, all of the stuff that I'd previously thought is ridiculous, you know, mass awakening, um, you know, these goals that I thought were futile or egoic have now just started flourishing without a center. So there's now this like mission mission to help people see what's seen here but with no internal egoic need to do so and it seems to truly just be the way that things are you know it's not because someone needs to feel fulfilled by teaching and making someone else enlightened it's not that it's even when the center falls away you're still you still find yourself helping others whether you like it or not because that's just the way things go it's like this thing wants to spread itself yeah yeah if, if you're not spreading it, you're in a way caught in a bit of a paradigm. I have read, um, what's it? Perfect Brilliant Stillness by David Cars, And he said he's just, you know, he woke up. And no matter how many people uh, begged him to teach this thing, he just refused because he doesn't want to lose it. He doesn't want to make it into a concept. You know, that's kind of like fear-based.
2: Mm-hmm. If you
1: let yourself loose completely, you'll find yourself naturally um, spreading this thing so whether whether it's via spirituality law of one um dharma missions you know it's great it's good and it's the way this thing moves this thing moves by spreading itself it's it's definitely i mean it's not entirely true but it's pretty true to say that it's the way things should go it is the evolution of humankind toward you know the foreseeable future
2: yeah so
1: it's great you know what you're doing with the team and um, just getting out there and having fun while doing it it's fantastic and before I would have negated that you know I would have thought it doesn't matter I don't know why they care you know why do they care and here I am caring so much like these people need to wake up (laughs) so yeah you just get you get totally destroyed everything all your all the stuff you thought you know I was like crystals don't work no apparently you know everything else relative truth um I thought the law of one was just relative but that's the thing the relative is the absolute yeah. there is no absolute truth the absolute is the relative they're intertwined and one and the same and yeah. enlightenment is not a goal it's a it's the journey it's this entire thing happening whether spiritual not spiritual you want to renounce all your stuff you want to go live in an ashram you want to i don't know party it up in the bahamas who cares who cares it's the way this thing moves
0: yeah we could even say that there's a there are a couple different um thresholds and at um like these different thresholds of deconstruction, we could say, um, of the sense of, let's say, four things primarily that I've noticed. It's self, others, world, and stories. Those four things. And the deconstruction of those through inquiry, vipassana, concentration, meditation, realization, integration, that... That typically takes us to thresholds, and we could say that if we get locked into one of those paradigms or thresholds, that there's typically still a a non-deconstructed remnant left, because we're still locked into a conceptual paradigm. And then as we sort of blow through those, because there's still something that feels unwhole or it still feels um, like the seeking impulse is still there. We we recognize that it becomes more and more non-conceptual, um, paradigmless, and when that fully hollows out, then it's an organic feeling without a sense of self that the only thing that's left is for this body mind to be a vessel or a channel for the universe knowing itself and waking up to itself and there's nothing else for it to do for it to be for it to express and it's that's that's also liberation um like you said earlier there's you're following the divine blueprint um and there's just such a like there's a warmth, it's like a, it becomes like a musical instrument that's just, yeah, being played in the symphony. Um,
2: Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: Yeah, you know, like you said, if you're locked into something, no matter how enlightened your experiences, there's an anchor somewhere that's keeping you locked in, whether that's a story or a sensation Um, or a self, you know, as long as you have a self in something, you will be locked into something, and that's just that, and it can be as simple as, like, three questions, one, are you suffering, yes or no, two, is there a self, is there any self, do you identify as anything, and then the third one, is there a subject to your experience? If something is happening to something else, there is an anchor. There is a subtle self. There is a paradigm. Because this is subjectless. There is no subject here whatsoever. There's literally no one, no one experiencing There's no thing experiencing, not even awareness is experiencing, because that makes awareness a subject. Not even God is experiencing itself, because then God is a subject. This is completely subjectless. You can say it's pure object, but even object has to exist with reference to a subject. So, you know, when people come to me, it's like, hey, are you suffering? Because they think they're done. Are you suffering? Yeah, you know, it's uh, sometimes there are kind of uncomfortable moments, and uh, but the but the awareness is there, and I'm aware of it, and I'm like, okay, you know, that's that. You're you're just you're stuck. You're stuck because you're still suffering. You're just rationalizing. You're saying, oh, I'm aware of it. You know, good or whatever, or oh you're combating your suffering with like a God consciousness mentality, which is like, I don't need to suffer. I am super strong. I'm infinite. Uh, God, infinite awareness still not still not and there's a subject there there's something taking agency what's doing that what's doing that what's deciding like oh i'm taking witness position oh i am awareness because when this whole thing is flattened out and you see that there's zero subject the the so-called subject from before is like happening but it's happening as like simultaneous um like firework events Mm -hmm like when I decide like I want to watch Netflix or something I can feel the sensation of wanting to watch Netflix a pull across my chest which before was like oh I I the subject want to go watch Netflix now I feel the sensation arise the thought of Netflix simultaneously but there's no one underneath that and there's there's no there's literally no agency no subject total emptiness it's desolate 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 and Another thing that I realized with the, that recent shift was that this entire thing, perceivably now, takes up no space, no space. And it, that was one of the most frightening aspects of this realization because I knew theoretically, okay, we're a dream in God's mind. You know, we're a thought, we're the original thought. But practically, in my experience, things kind of had shape. I could see the ephemeral, I could see the transparency of the awareness that things were made up of, but it didn't do this, you know, it didn't, nothing collapsed on itself, and now when I look around, even though there's apparent space in the room I'm in, I can see that this is not even an atom's size of space, Mm. we we barely exist, we barely exist, and um, you could say we don't, We don't exist in a literal sense. None of this is real in the sense, you know, of taking up space and happening in time. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: It's all just, you know, in in the exact same way as the dream you have at night, very common analogy that non-deal teachers use, you know, in what space did that room that you dreamt of take place? Mm -hmm. And I knew that theoretically and because I'd heard it, but I never saw it. So in that moment, when that dropped away, I was like, Cause the walls just closed in, the body just disappeared, and now no matter how far I look, it's like smooshed. Yeah, like, it just takes up no volume, which is insane. And if that's not your experience, like carry on. You know, don't don't people mustn't be discouraged, um, because I see so many people making like rationalizations. Like I said, I'm I'm aware of it. Um, I know I'm awareness, so it's fine. It's hurting the character, but it's not hurting me. All of those are justifications. They're all paradigms. They're all your mind trying to keep you in this box that you don't see the reality that we're talking about. You know, very, very clever, very smart mind. Let's use the most subtle non-dual trap. The last one, let's hope they stay here. And if they see through it, damn it. But so many don't, even teachers. There are so many teachers that at least perceivably from their teachings are teaching from a paradigm, which I understand in one way, because if we didn't, we'd have nothing to talk about. And we just sit there like this, but it's a hint to really investigate your experience and be honest. What am I sticking to? What do I believe myself to be? Do I believe myself to be God? Is that my experience? Is life happening to me, no matter who that me is, life happening to awareness? life happening to God. If that's the case, it should be investigated.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the three that you brought up. It's a really great way to have an access point or an entry point. Um, so of course, suffering is, and just being honest with these two, suffering, um, if there is still suffering, if there is still a sense of self, and then how do you differentiate the second and the third, the sense of self and the subject?
1: I would say that the subject is like a perceivable thing. And the sense of self is an identification, a mental identification. So the sense of self is like, I rest my sense of self in awareness. I know intellectually, and it's my experience that I am God. I am awareness. And then the third one would be, is experience happening to something because you see some people stop on the second and they say no I'm none of these things I don't have any identifications because their mind is smart enough to say no I don't identify as anything I identify as what is whatever I don't have any identifications but then there's still a sense of separation in the third step is this thing that you're not identifying with happening to someone yeah and I mean, we could add a fourth one, actually. Are you seeking?
3: Mm. Are you seeking? Mm. Nice.
0: Yeah. Cool. I like that. Mm-hmm. Because if uh, if there's no suffering, there's no seeking, no self and no subject or no duality, then the natural state seems to be operating the show. Um, and if any of those things are, uh, in place then there's further let's say investigation um,
2: inc- mm. yeah yeah
0: Further the freedom yeah. to feel yeah mm-hmm.
1: yeah it's not like work you know as long as you're looking at it like oh there's more seeking to do I've got more I need to do more inquiry damn it you might as well just just stop right there and go do something else and come back when you actually feel like yeah. finding out what you are you know sincerely because right. you're already right off on the wrong foot if you're thinking of it as like a job or like, oh, it's so much effort to like loosen the center. I really need to sit here Vipassana for eight hours. Just stop. You know, that in itself is a paradigm. Just release that. And then you're already more free than you would have been eight hours into Vipassana. Yeah. What is a bumblebee in my room? <laughs> yeah. So it really takes honesty. It takes... I've heard Adia refer to honesty as something really important. And before this, I was like, oh, yeah, he's just being Adya. You know, Adya is very, um, what's it, like subjective level. He's very homey, very sweet with people's problems. And I thought that honesty was one of those things. You know, yeah, be honest, obviously be a good person or whatever. But no, it's pointing to a radical honesty within yourself about where you are.
3: Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you can't you can't deny your experience. You know, it takes honesty to look at your experience and say, I am still seeking. Or I am still suffering. Yeah. I've just been putting a mental overlay on my suffering. But I am still suffering. That is really strong to be able to do that to be able to open yourself to the idea that you have inquiry to do or that you have further exploring. Yeah. You know, like you said, further freedom. Yeah. That is incredible. And that's why it's so rare, because it's comfortable, you know, is awakening comfortable for you? If it's, if it's comfortable, it's not it, Mm man. You know, if you're comfortable in your paradigm, if you're comfortable, oh yes, I'm done. This is uh, yeah, this, I'm done. I'm happy as awareness. That comfort is illusory. That's the comfort of the mind. I don't think I'm ever comfortable anymore. You know, in terms of concepts, I have no idea what to do or say, and that's the beauty of it. It's like you, the next moment, you have no idea.
0: Yeah, it's so fresh. And you,
1: you don't know what you are. Yeah, it's so fresh.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's, it's stale to think you're something. It, it gets old. Yeah. Stop thinking you're something. You are. Your true nature is the absence of being a thing. That's what you are. The absence of being something.
4: Yeah.
3: Mm, yeah. And you can feel the freedom and tune into that. You feel the liberation. Yeah.
4: yeah, it's just the absence,
1: the absence of something, the absence of resistance absence of a plan it's just creating itself on the spot moment to moment and that's also you know why we can be so casual about this you know we we know we're not trying to be anything anymore god imagine you're trying to be something imagine that imagine caring imagine and this is just so freeing you know for the first time you don't need to be anything because you are already it so just suspend
3: all of that. You're done. you're done. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the freedom of not being a thing.
2: yeah
1: that that came to me, and I thought, yeah, it is that. because it it took six months, you know for for that to to come because for, for six months I had no clue and then I was like oh you are not no thing you are not emptiness you are not awareness all of these things I'm like it's not it's not it oh you're the absence of being something that's what you're that's why we can't catch it that's why none of the labels fit that's that's why if you're caught in a label it's a paradigm and you can move out of it because you're not a thing And we've heard that, but we still somehow make that into a thing. We're like, oh, I'm not a thing. That's the thing I am. I'm nothing. I'm no thing. But no, you're the absence of being anything.
3: Anything.
0: That's going to be the thumbnail. With your mm. picture, the absence of being a thing, Chillet Davy.
1: I agree. I really like it. I yeah. really like it. It's it's my only true wisdom from this this whole thing. It's like the one thing that I'm like, okay, cool, we'll go with that. <laughs> Everything else just gets discarded. It's like, no, you are lying. You are lying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love how clearly that just resonates with the word freedom the absence of being a thing freedom um and i love how you brought up Adya and honesty and before we started recording when you and when you shared about the the paradigmlessness and then immediately what came through because there's no self image that wants to be seen a specific way so then there's the ability for the intelligence to just channel through and so the way that i responded the way that it responded to itself was that there's simultaneously right now here the feeling of paradigmlessness and yet at the same time there's the the occasional um mental proliferation we could say um in the poly Um, Buddhism, it's called Papanka. Um, It's like mental conceptualization and mental proliferation around a sense of self, self self-image, the world, others, stories. And so then there's a weaving, right? That's what the Nibbana, Nirvana, is the unweaving or the unfabricating. And so when you weave and when you fabricate and you can create a sense of contrast between those two, and just relax more and more in the unweaved, in the unfabricated, um, in the empty, in the hollow. And then over time, the, the weaviness, the webbiness, that, that dependent arisingness of self, others, world stories relaxes more and more, dissolves more and more. And then, so that's this honesty right? That's just this honesty. It isn't. The, the atlas character or finger of the universal hand doesn't need to appear any specific way to the other fingers to be valid, right? To be worthy. And so exactly. that's freedom, right? That's freedom too. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Trying to be anything other than what you are is resisting what is. Anything. Whether you're trying to, I don't know, you're trying to become something. I mean, go for it, but you're resisting what you are. Let the becoming be what you are when you're becoming it. Don't think I need to be this way. I need to be seen in, I don't know, like I need to be seen as a teacher or whatever. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Imagine I, I would have thought like, I can't open for the, the wasp that was there because I need to see more like spiritual. I need to sit still, but there's a wasp going. Zzzz, so I was like, hey, I don't need to pretend anymore. Just go open for the thing. They set it free whatever they were both free you know yeah don't resist don't resist what you are we we just have these problems whether they're like superficial on like the level of the person I need to look different I need to um, be more intelligent I need to have better abilities and hobbies all the way to you know I need to become even more solidified in my awareness identity I need to become even more integrated and enlightened (laughs) (laughs) you know bro you are you are it you are the perfect manifestation of what is and okay within reason because sometimes we need to believe that we need to improve to get to see this right we all we all are seekers believing we need to really get somewhere I really need to abide as awareness Starting now, and I'm going to do it the whole day. We had to do that. We had to, for a certain amount of time, believe we need to be something else. We had to believe we need to become it. Until we saw, oh, oh, damn. Now I guess I've always been perfect. Guess I've always been loved. Damn, I've always been the perfect mm-hmm. program. There's never been a problem with me. Now what now? Now I'm going to have so much free time. <laughs> I've always been perfect there's never been a problem with me and believing that was resisting the fact that I'm perfect that everyone is perfect and unique believing that I had to change was just a mask over that so that I didn't see it in the absence of the belief I need to be something different what am I I'm perfect because it's only the belief I need to be something else that creates that reality it's you know, your thoughts and your belief systems. So much of manifest is created just from that. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: If you're believing something in a moment, that is your experience in that moment. Guaranteed. If you believe I'm insecure, wow, you feel insecure. Wow, what a surprise. Throw away that thought, then what are you? Secure, safe, protected, loved, perfect, divine. And you are exactly where you're supposed to be. Because everyone thinks I need to be something better. I need to be somewhere else. I need to be doing better in my job, my relationship. Sure, holds relative truth in some cases. But normally, no, you don't. Just stop thinking that. Stop thinking that and see the perfection underneath your ridiculous belief. Hmm. So it's it's like you, you now get to know your perfection for the first time. The person never existed, so the person never disappears. And so therefore, this illusory person can finally know its perfection. It can finally stop trying to lose weight. It can finally stop trying to work harder than it wants to or can, pushing itself to the limit. Because even this illusory person now sees, oh, damn, I truly am a divine creation, and I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be at this point in time, and it could not be any other way. And that's the case for everyone. It's just that some people are not seeing it yet and they need to believe they need to become for a bit until you see, oh, wow. No, I don't.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. One of the things that uh, Bentinho Massaro and the No Limit Society uh, team, as well as community are really um, focused on as a, as a paradigm for liberation let's say is the three or four body system so we have the the physical the subtle the causal and then if you will the great causal or the i am body the awareness love and light and it's what you're describing right now is so beautiful because at the causal level is where all of the assumptions and the beliefs are seated and they propagate into the subtle, into the mind and into the physical. So at that seed level, if you will use this beautiful visualization or the system that so perfectly, we could say mirrors the way that trees also blossom from seeds out and to fruits. So very similarly. And so if the right nourishment isn't there at that seed level of that you're, I'm already whole, I'm already free, um, I'm already one with it all, um, I'm already empty and hollow of any need to try and get external validation and whatnot, then that will appear as the fruits in the physical, it will appear in, in the space of your awareness and consciousness um, But if there are these unwhole, unworthy, um, lacking, separate, local into the body thoughts um, that are at the seed level, constructs, if you will, then those will operate the show. And that's what we've been calling like the gremlin or the hitchhiker. And so you can really feel that uh, on your nervous system, like when not only for yourself, but for when you're around your other selves you can really feel it when it's operating the show and so the liberation is a process of inquiry into where did i pick up the belief or the assumption and then that could also be called what real shadow work actually is yeah yeah
4: yeah
1: yeah very interesting again you know before this i negated shadow work because I thought, there's no person. The person doesn't exist. Why do I need to deal with the person's problems? Uh, (laughs) No, I'm not going to. I'm just going to meditate. And I'm going to negate this thing's existence. Then after the shift, I was like, oh, wow. What are these sensations? What what is this like that feels like trauma? It's weird because now it's just in the body. It's been cut loose of any suffering. So it's a very unusual case. Whereas normally people do shadow work as part of like spirituality before, awakening or they'll take the progressive path Um, I kind of jumped into awakening it was very fast Um, and then like a year and a half later this the the final shift happened and so I didn't do any shadow work I I didn't I left the character completely messed up traumatized and uh, all kinds of things feeling inadequate and after the shift I was like what is this like feeling of uh, not good enough what what is going on because it doesn't make any sense and so I've now realized that this, this, this is an integral, integral part of awakening. I would have thought that it's separate. You know, my biased awareness mind would have thought, no, that's shadow work, that's for the person. What I'm doing is the real work. I'm getting enlightened. But no, that's not how it works. There are two sides of the same coin. So only now has this character started to investigate its thoughts and belief systems Um, about regarding inadequacy and so on, because they don't, they don't click with the experience anymore. There's a very Uh, clear experience that everything is perfect. But then there's a sensation in the throat of fear. um, And like a narrative passing through the head of like, I'm not good enough. And it's completely foreign. mm -hmm. Um, There's no longer this like thing that's believing it to be true. It's not holding it together. But I was like, this is so weird. Is this what I was thinking about myself? That's insane. So now, you know, shadow work, great. And I'm starting to think like, these are the beliefs that were governing my outward behavior my whole life. And I didn't know.
4: Mm-hmm. I only see it now. Nice. I only
1: see it now. And, and, you know, I should have before, but it is what it is. But it's, it's integral, integral, integral. It's, it's so important that the person gets aligned with its true nature, as well as like the, the perspective shift. Because you, you're just going to be like a mess of a person within the natural state. Don't even, don't do that. You want a holistic, full, aligned, like creatorship uh, experience. You don't want to feel inadequate within an enlightened framework. You don't want to, that's not pleasant. Don't ignore the person. It doesn't exist anyways. So exactly like what you said, these these seeds that are planted, if you plant the inadequacy seed, what do you think is going to happen on the outside? Obviously, your, your entire circumstances are going to paint that picture for you because it's mirroring you. Mm-hmm. If I believe on the inside, I'm not good enough. Everything on the outside is going to tell me the same thing because reality yeah. is a mirror. Yes. If I am empty, reality is empty. Yeah. That's another thing I realized with the recent shift, that this is just like I've heard Bentino say, smoke and mirrors. Yes. It's, that's all it is. And so you can go right down to like your fundamental belief that's causing you some kind of friction or suffering or whatever, whether that's like, I lack something, I'm not good enough. I need to be something else. I need other people to validate me. I need attention. All of those can be traced back to an ev- often an event, often years ago, you've been carrying this for 20, 30 years. And for some reason, as soon as you see that, like I was telling my boyfriend yesterday, as soon as you see this event caused this reaction, it's no longer the current thing that's causing it. You're like, oh, this started way before this person pissed me off. This feeling started 20 years ago. It's not because this person said something to me. It's got nothing to do with this. The circumstances are just painting the picture from 20 years ago and that belief got put in my head somehow. And so as soon as you see that, it already starts to unearth itself. It's like, oh, so this doesn't tie to this, which means I'm, I'm not inadequate in this situation. And it starts to unravel.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: then you become empty first. And then you become full. You know, so it's first like yes, you're, you're so caught up and you're so contracted and you feel like you're not good enough. And then you're like, okay. Then there's emptiness. And there's just like this hollow, like then what am I as a person? that's when like the fulfillment starts, mm-hmm. what I am is perfect, what I am is good enough.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you, you unearth those like initial seeds, or ideas or concepts, replace them with something way more aligned to what you actually are, way more aligned to your goal and um, just your mission here. And it just flourishes. It's like, thank goodness, now you're giving now, now it's true. It's, and because it's true, it, it just outpours. You know, these, these contracted energies seem to like stay stagnant. It's just constant experience like victimizing you and you stay so small and you feel like you're not enough and I need to get people to like me. And as soon as you just let go of that, the truth of yourself that you are perfect just bursts open and it takes over your entire experience mm-hmm. because it's true. If anything is true it'll resonate it'll flourish and it'll feel good it'll feel good if it feels bad question it it's yeah it's not aligned you're believing something that's not true yeah yeah
0: and then using those feelings those emotions as guidance we've been talking about it like a guidance system like the feelings and the emotions the energetics are themselves a guidance system and so if there is a feeling of suffering or feeling bad that is typically a contraction in the sense of identity that there's an assumption of a sense of self a sense of others world and getting lost in stories or at the seed level that there's an assumption or a belief of unworthiness and then in the physical manifest level everything's, like you said, reflective and mirror-like to that assumption or the belief. And so the dissolving or the dislodging or the transmuting of those beliefs and assumptions is exactly what enables freedom from the contracted sense of identity. And then by doing that, we see in the physical, in the manifest is reflected to us that beauty, the perfection, um, the non-locality also. And that's such a crucial piece uh, to this is that the it's a feeling that's sort of it's so difficult to to describe you you mentioned how um even space and time um just seem to be very dreamlike. Um, just happening as a singularity of sorts in no time and no space. Um, And so there's this feeling of, in a sense, being the intelligence that is speaking and listening to itself at the same time right now, and this sort of um, happening (laughs) as just manifestation um and that already being free and that already being perfect and and then yeah and then there's a total like relaxation because of that
4: Mm.
1: yeah
0: and it's really important to feel again like the simultaneity of that everything already being perfect and free and yet also recognizing that yes There are, we could say, other selves that don't have their basic needs being met or that still live in very violent areas and that there is still a perfecting that this collective is undergoing in terms of meeting the basic needs of all Mm. and um, having peace, true peace um, with no violence and no uh, the uh, total abandonment of weapons of mass destruction and um, things like that. Um, and so that the simultaneity is beautiful there, because then you can still really radiate out the bodhisattva vibe um, that it can radiate itself out into the collective, um, because it's that's exactly what it's seeking. If you're tuned into the collective, you can feel that what it's seeking is its own liberation, is its own awakening, um, is the end of the assumptions and the beliefs that have been plaguing the collective for millennia of separation and lack, et cetera.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, to, To live on absolute level means to not negate any subjectivity. So if you are truly and wholly integrated in your clarity you will not deny the suffering of others you will not deny that people are not getting their needs met that there are calls to service in the world if you're denying any of that you're not clear because you're denying something this is a whole acceptance on all levels like yes I accept things as they are in that people are suffering they are people are not getting their needs met however acceptance does not imply indifference and it doesn't imply nonchalance and it does not imply that there's no call to service so again contradictory to my beliefs before because i was thinking hey there's no there's no one suffering so it's fine the kids in africa it's it's fine because god allows it you know, it's it's that's a denial it's a denial of the humanity in you if you see someone suffering, that whether you have a self or not, you're going to feel, oh, my goodness, you're going to feel that heaviness here. And you can't deny that. So that's what drives this call to service, yeah. our humanity. Our humanity acting simultaneously with our clarity and our awakening. And we just somehow intuitively know that we can't deny this that we have to help. It just feels like, and there's no other way to explain it because it can be negated so fast by like non radical non-dualists. If I say anything, it can be negated. If I say, no, but I really feel like I need to help. They'll say, it's just a story, but it's felt, it's felt as a deep sense of, I am almost obliged to help, The end of suffering in any way that I can Mm -hmm. and denying that is painful it's it's resisting and it's it's contracted it's contracted so again these stories that non-dual paradigm and the non-dual community tells itself there's no self so everyone can suffer doesn't matter it's God's plan you know throw all of that away and you will go help that person on the street throw away your story you know, you will, you will give $50 to the beggar. What, what are you doing? You're ignoring your humanity and your, man, your humanity itself is divine. There is no separation. There's no separation between your humanity and your empathy and call to service and the absolute. They are one and the same, just like through and through, you know, on, almost like on levels. If the absolute is here, it's like funnels down kind of. Into the being and the acts of service. And, and it just should not be negated by all these stories. Non-dual people say, hey, don't tell yourself a story, but they're telling themselves a story. And I don't mean to come off like I'm you know contradicting non duality, absolutely not, because it's what brought me here, but there's just so much that like Bentino and you and the team are kind of ripping apart in terms of spirituality and on duality because on the outside it's like oh they're following a story that people need to be helped come on but there's a deep felt sense that that is true that humanity is moving toward a global awakening and you, you can't tell someone that who doesn't feel it because it sounds like a story in the same way that enlightenment sounds like a story oh yeah you feel blissful all the time you're right you can't explain it unless you feel it And if you feel a call to service and to end suffering, then it's aligned, I believe.
0: Yes. And and not only the call to service to end suffering, um, but also what and the the freedom for um, all of the the blocked energy to (laughs) to just
1: contraction,
0: those contractions to be liberated but then also on this collective level, what actual paradise or heaven on earth truly feels like when all basic needs are met and when all are able to actualize whatever creative artistic expressions that they desire and true creatorhood. And where that we've been calling it Shambhala, And to just to really feel into what would it be like to have millions and billions of people be in total freedom and sovereignty and artistic expression um, with all needs be met and just so abundant and prosperous. um, Why the fuck would we not have that be the core of the North Star for this collective? And yeah.
1: um, Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. If, If you say anything else, you're in ignorance, I'm afraid. You know, we all want to be in a circumstance that is embodied and aligned and everyone feels perfect and no one feels lack and everyone feels safe, of course. And absolutely true, absolutely true. And I just realized that, you know, Um, a holistic integrated approach to that is while knowing that this is the goal right you you know and you're tuned into the shambhala frequency and you're embodying that circumstance so that you know the circumstances can follow through there's also a part of you that has to know that everything as it is is perfect already otherwise you're already or fall on the wrong foot again. You know,
4: totally. if you're
1: thinking that there's lack here, like, oh, people are suffering and um, I need to, I need to change this to get to Shambhala, mm-hmm. that's not going to work because the basis of manifestation, collective uh, shifts is Shambhala is here now. now. And, you yeah. know, yes, in a way you have to negate um, these circumstances that tell you that's not the case. If you truly want a free community, free society, free earth, um, you have to know that this is exactly right yes. and so it's like a balance between the two you can't find lack now you can't find like and, and that's kind of where the awakening thing comes in because if you awaken and then you act toward this goal of like a perfect society you've already got that paradigm paradigm for the sake of the word that everything is perfect as it is. It's your experience right now that despite the suffering, despite the contradictions to the fact that this is not ideal, everything is perfect. And that is what accelerates the manifestation. So that's why, same, this is the reason why enlightened people tend to manifest the things that they want, because it's not coming from a place of lack. So the more enlightened beings, let's say, come together in this mentality of, and in this experience of, everything is perfect as it is, Whilst envisioning, embodying the ideal society in which everyone feels a certain way, it's the perfect accelerated vehicle to change outward circumstances and to really get this ideal state going. Yeah. So it's yeah, absolutely powerful. <laughs>
0: This is already heaven on earth or paradise on earth, or Shambhala is already like the frequency or the state that we choose to occupy. And at the same time, we recognize that there is a more and more basic needs being met, the more and more actualization of the Shambhala vision. And so because of that, we we take, let's say, 2035 or whatnot, and we have the feeling of what that feels like now. And then there's no lack, there's no lack in what is now, and there's no lack and we're not there yet. And then that's what, like you said, it makes the blossoming of it exact, precise, um, without any lack or without any self. Um, and then that's what makes it pure in its service also. Yeah, and it makes us able to dance our way there to like... Like playfully dance like <laughs> it all the way. <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because, yeah, it's it's complete embodiment of perfection. So there's no longer any resistance to it. And um, again, you know, even this, even the vision of a better society, a better earth, the, one shouldn't negate it. You know, don't don't negate it. Because I used to think there's in the dream and out of the dream. No, nah, no, nah, that vision for a better society is in the dream. <laughs> Newsflash, there is only the dream, buddy. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, so absolutely, absolutely. It's totally important. And, you know, if you say that that kind of thing is not important, global awakening is not important. Okay, what is?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If we want to say that's not, then nothing is.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. You
1: know, nothing is. So that's for the sake of this experience if we have to call something important i'd say it's this
3: nice
0: so it's this
1: and being a vehicle
2: for it
0: yes i love how we can um hollow ourselves to um total mystery and freedom and like nothing being important and then from there what is important the first thing the mm-hmm. only thing is global awakening and so then there's that simultaneity of that and that yeah feels so good
1: yeah it's 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 like a metaphor for everything that's happening here at the same time, you know, it's perfect, but there's a pursuit of perfection. Yes. Um, and at the same time, you know, that source does not care whether people awaken to itself or not, yeah. yet you're teaching people. So it's this play of yeah. absolute wisdom and this embodiment of humanity and service, and it's beautiful, it's beautiful. And that's like true um, integration. It's, it's a crystalline experience. And it's um, you, you're not you're simply not in denial of anything. You're not in denial of any level. That's all, basically.
4: Yeah. yeah. full
1: acceptance of all levels, right? From the person all the way to your utmost clarity of no thing.
4: Yes,
0: yeah, yeah that that true simultaneity of all of those um, is what I would say is like the most. Um, superpositioned or the most entangled um, recognition of the nature and then um, that's what sort of re- enables a um, a relaxation because when the absolute and the relative are seen to be entangled in one and then the empty fullness is able to be entangled in one or the human and the god or however it wants to be, Um, portrayed or the perfection and perfecting um that that entangled superposition if you will um it is uh it's so juicy it's so um it's liberating it's liberating because Mm -hmm. you can feel that this is already uh freedom and yet also you can truly feel the heart of the other self that feels contracted in a sense of self that doesn't feel free and then to serve that freedom. Yeah. So that entangledness, um, it prevents us from falling into um, a single dimension or a single uh, construct or position. Um, and so to stay entangled or, or to stay superpositioned is uh, highly advantageous. It's very shapeshifter like. It's very mm. what I've noticed is um, some of the most uh, awake and some of the most present to um, the natural state is like that.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. You go from being contracted enlightened to organic unenlightened, and you don't care what you are. Uh, when, I, when that shift happened, the most, one of the most, let's say things that like stood out the most was the organic biological um, flowing nature of this. Because the awareness thing, although it's vast and expensive and beautiful is a rigid structure. And when a paradigm like that is let go of, you come into this organic shape-shifting nature like, if you turn your head, you've, you've shapeshifted into the entire room. Yep. You know, and no matter what you do, whether you're cooking, teaching, you're literally shapeshifting into that activity. You are no longer something keeping its form while other things happen to or around. So it's, it's a complete surrender and, and a knowing that I don't ever need to be anything, but very deeply very very deeply so that you can almost metaphysically take the shape of different things and different experiences so that shape-shifting quality is i've heard frank mention it before as well and um, again that was something that i didn't feel before i was like okay i guess theoretically i can see awareness is manifesting as all of this and so therefore shape-shifting but that is a different thing to the actual experience of, like we said, turning one's head and, oh, my God, I became the room from this angle.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's, and, and this shape-shifting quality, although this is the basic example, is just what you are throughout everything, throughout service, throughout fun, all activities. You're just like this organic mush with no border, no center. That's just becoming whatever is happening.
3: Yeah.
1: It's stunning. Yes, and to not have something like calling the shots anymore you know there's no longer a thing that's like i don't know trying to mold this thing trying to change the experience into some other shape you are happy with whatever this experience appears to be and there's no longer you can't even say you are the experience because there is no you to be the experience and you can even say there is no experience because i don't know there's no space no time what do you want to call this then You know so it's just like this totally organic thing and I remember comparing it to like a a star almost or like something like a a star burning or a star exploding or like a black hole the organic nature of that feels very similar to this because that thing is something marvelous magnificent but that lacks agency it doesn't have an individual um, thing that's orchestrating its magnificent show that it's putting on the burning And that's how this feels. There's no longer this thing that's like, oh, I need to burn bright tomorrow and less bright the day after that. You're just this organic biological function, flourishing, flourishing like a star or a black hole.
0: Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, it's a great way to tie the macrocosm to the microcosm because it's the natural state is, the way that the black hole and the sun and the planets orbiting the different stars, that that's how that operates. And as Ra would say, the law of one, that that's the logos, that that's the very intentionality for the creator to know itself. And that we are that same organic biological function of the creator knowing itself on the microcosm in the mind-body-spirit complex expression. And it's just so clear that, um, that, that there's like that natural, organic, mushy, (laughs) um, blossoming unfoldment that, um, that there's, there's nothing better than, than to be totally free and to just be, um, to like be that and to, um, let the mystery move and also have a good idea at the same time of what you truly are. Um, and to, um, to, yeah, just be a humble servant with no name and to just laugh, like laugh and play, um, also so much, like we love that as, as our team, Um, so there's like of course there's this like exciting navy seals or viking energy and then there's also this very relaxed like buddhist meditative energy and then there's this like laughter and this dance and this play also this hilarity and and even we know it's so true but when you're laughing hysterically with um close friends i mean there's no time. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> there's no <Absolutely>. self.
4: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, the experience of fun and the experience of beauty and the experience of love and therefore friendship and things like that, you are completely immersed in your true self. There's, there's nothing that wants anything to be different than it is. There's there's no name there, there's no character there, that you're completely immersed in the other or the experience to such an extent that there is no you. And that's why these experiences are so, you um, can say like significant to us, why we want to have fun, why we want to um, have love and friends and community, because these acts resemble ourselves there are little manifestations or like little examples, little like prototypes of true nature, little glimpses, you could say. And they're, they're good to model after, you know, they're, they're, because this, this state, this true final, whatever it is, is very similar to, you know, a deep love, a deep intimacy, um, yeah. You, you kind of feel like you're, you're constantly on the edge of, I don't know, sometimes it feels like you're being tickled in a way, you're like ready to laugh at any point. You know,
2: mm. it's,
1: it's just like exhilarating and you're on edge and it's spontaneous. And those are all the things that you feel with friends or when you see something you really like or when you're super excited. And that's, I can't think of anything else that life is for in terms of the human experience now that you know all the things have been shattered all the ideas of you should be this type of way you should become an enlightened guru teacher to an ashram, all of that since that dissolved it's like oh no this is actually just to have this experience of like fun you know this your higher self if you want to call it that is not invested in any of your petty issues any of your goals anything like that it's it's literally just You know, embodying as this character for now to have fun. It's like, it's like summer camp for it in a way. And if you tune into yourself, you feel that you embody that and you can feel, oh, wow, none of this is serious. I wish I'd known this. None of this is serious. Again, while simultaneously knowing, okay, they are, they are serious issues that need my help, but inherently I can just laugh. I can just have fun because that's what this is for now. There's nothing else. There's nothing else than being happy. There's nothing, nothing, nothing else. Yeah. You know, we just thought there was something else. We thought there was something other than pure creative fun, but there isn't. And it's beautiful.
0: Yeah. Yes. So good. I love how you called it the summer camp for higher self. It's so cute. Yeah. <laughs>
1: you know we're busy stressing like oh my god I need to do this Uh, we're just lost in the you know the camp activities kind of it's like oh I really need to do this team building in a way that's going to be constructed but we just forget why we're here we're here to have fun and the more you're tuned into your higher self the more you know that and you embody it and the least you're into your higher self the the more problems you perceive the more you feel like this is not what I came for why am I here the more you lose sight of the fun thing you know so it's great it's great and all of this stuff happens simultaneously again like none of this is not enlightenment mm-hmm. like higher self and degrees of consciousness it is it is to say it's not is to imply a duality so yeah tune into your higher self see let your higher self give you clarity according to what you like as to what you are and become enlightened stop negating your tools you have a higher self that's not a belief just go see for yourself and you'll see and these, the all, oh, there are all these available things that can help you, but we all follow like this thing we're all like a Buddhist or a non dualist or a spiritualist, and we don't like mix them, you know. Before, I was like, I don't have a higher self, everything's empty. Not true, not true. Nice, we're here for fun.
0: Nice, mm-hmm. yeah, we're here for fun, so good, <laughs> so good. Yeah, because why create uh, separation um, when we talk about um, like one that um, most recently, especially in like, let's say the last half year that was just so transformative was recognizing the similarity between um, no self and capital S self and Realizing the similarity between that and um, the One Infinite Creator, and just seeing how there is only that with itself, and that is made of love. It's made of fun, um, of light, and to to be able to draw these these um, these pointings uh, together. And to find that that commonality, um, it creates the most, you could say, like awake surface area. So there's no uh, like leaks or holes or wobbles that are possible where we can get stuck in a specific paradigm or way because we've in a sense developed... Um, Because we both want no map or no concepts. And yet at the same time, we do have a map. We do have concepts that we reference to, which is how we literally speak to each other. And so then for that map to be as holistic as possible with the pinnacle pointings across these different mystic lineages, as well as social memory complexes, things like this, this is one of the best approaches.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's like a holistic embodiment of all of those that you mentioned. No self with a small S and then self with the big S, which is the universal shared consciousness. And then you can add no self with the big S. So mm-hmm. it's while simultaneously knowing that you are not even big self, you know, you're not even that. You are not even the collective shared awareness, consciousness, bliss, while knowing you are it. And you're also no small self or or small self, you know, as you play. So it's this play of like the simultaneity, again, of these three levels, knowing you are the absence of being a thing, whilst knowing that you are awareness, God, consciousness, and then the absence of a person. And they together create this, optimum functioning you could say it's like you're you're functioning your your unit is functioning in like ideal specs yeah that way it's what it feels like Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and you can't just choose Like you can't just you you can't just choose to like live as like no small self because you're just going to feel like nothing then you know you're you're missing something you're missing a degree of uh empowerment and clarity and power and so on so that's why you're like, oh, I'm big self, I'm God, I'm consciousness, I'm awareness. And that creates, it replaces all your inadequacy beliefs and it, it destroys whatever messed up thing you had going on before. And then you realize you're not even that. And from there, you can play freely across this like spectrum as much as you like, mm. because you're not, you don't claim to be
3: anything anymore. Nice, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful.
0: Yeah, and then the you can be moved, the body mind can be moved by the intelligence. So you as the intelligence can move the body mind organically, naturally, effortlessly to exactly where it needs to be on this spectrum of the simultaneity of all levels. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's so freeing. And yeah,
1: depending on the situation. Yeah. Sorry, Kara.
0: It's just like, I just loved how there wasn't like yeah. a stuckness because that's normally what would happen is there would be like a stuckness that would then yeah. come at one of those like levels, shapeshift to a level, then there'd be some sort of stuckness. And that's where usually the sense of like, oh, this paradigm or oh, my sense of self-image or my I'm too deep in a story or I'm too deep listening to another self-story and now I'm ruminating on it and then there's a liberation from that back to this whole spectrumness yeah
4: yeah
1: yeah for a while we seem to fluctuate like that a little bit you know for a while you feel like you're you're stuck in something especially say now you get into an argument with someone that's very like uh intense and you feel oh no i'm I'm in the other self ego and, and you feel Oh, I need to, I need to shift back into alignment or whatever. But, you know, very soon, if you let that happen, you're like, Oh, that, that was also it, you know, that argument was, it it was fine. It was fine. I didn't need to go anywhere. And it's a manifestation of this, this play across this like thing. You were just simply down there for a little while. You're not stuck. You're about to bounce back up, relax. You know, and that's just the play of experience. Experience will always keep changing. You will never, ever, ever just be one thing. Like we said earlier, you're the absence of being something. So stop trying to stick to one thing. Stop trying to be aligned in every moment because you are resisting the experience of non-alignment, so-called non-alignment. You just need to see that that's not non-alignment. You know, within reason, obviously. Always room for improvement and so on. Becoming better and more holistic. But... The, yeah there shouldn't be any stuckness in the experience eventually at first it'll be like that it'll be I'm not abiding or um, I wish I could shift back into that expansive place that I was in earlier but now this argument has contracted me but eventually you're just like oh this argument contracted me and then very shortly after that you're expansive again because that's just how we are again we shapeshift we will shape shift and we will mirror an ego ego and we'll contract to communicate with them because that's the nature of our communication. We communicate on their level. And that's not something to be like condemned. You're not, if you're not hurting anyone and things like that. So yeah, it's an embracing of this organic shape-shifting thing and a non-resistance, not trying to say like, I want to be in this shape. I want to be in the expansive shape. I want to be in the God shape. No, you are in your absolute shape in all of those.
0: Another um, facet to that that I find so perfect is that the team we've been sharing that it can feel like one eye is on the what's present, what is organically being shape shifted to. And then one eye, if you will, is kind of clocked back on the entire spectrum itself. And there is a, there's a power to that because even though it can feel like part of the energy is on um, whether it be uh, a conversation or, um, or someone feeling contracted and then you're being asked to um, help provide a good question to help them feel more free, liberated, that at the same time there's part of your energy one eye clocked back at I am already Um, totally free and that um, as though um, there's one eye that is aware of the dream even while um, the other eye is like balls deep in the dream.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's a really good analogy. It it feels like that experientially. Yeah, yeah, you, you never lose yourself. You don't, whatever happens, you can't lose yourself. Because like you said, that other eye is pointed toward the point of clarity. No matter what happens in the experience, what you are is not an experience. And something knows that. Something, I don't know what it is, but something is pointed toward that at all times. So experience can go wild. You can do whatever the heck you want, man. Because something knows itself something knows this framework in which experience is happening is not an experience. This framework can never, ever change. It can never, ever, ever, ever change. And it can never get lost in anything. It can never lose itself. Any of these paradigms, not really. And so we, once we see that we seem to maintain that space or framework, And no matter what happens, no matter what shape this takes, no matter if we get involved with another person or not, contract or not, it remains within this like non-lens of perfection and wholeness and infinite capacity and creation. And that's one hell of a solid framework for anything to happen. Nothing can take that down, nothing. You know, if, if you think you're like, you got enlightenment and you lost it, that's experience. You simply cannot lose enlightenment. You can't lose true enlightenment. You can't. Because once you see it, it's always going to be that framework that the one eye points back to. And you always see that while you're involved in the play, there is the clarity of what you are. And that's not even a duality. It's not like there's a separation between Oh, I'm playing this role, but I'm also that. That's not how it's felt in the experience. It's a simultaneous um, whole. Yeah. Like again, that mush. Mm -hmm. But yeah, very good analogy. Very good analogy. There's always something pointing toward the true nature of things, no matter what happens in the foreground.
4: Yeah. Nice.
1: Very nice that one can talk about this now. You know, it's the perfect timing. Even this, you know, there's a reason that even this like discussion didn't happen before because there was probably some kind of disconnect or something yep. paradigm and paradigm. You know, it would have, but this, there's, there's an, a, like a mutual shared agreement that whatever the whole this is, is, yeah. and it is all there
0: is. Yes. And it is more freedom with itself rather than um, what could have been maybe several months ago when we were first exploring doing this, what could have been um, a little bit more con- uh, slight contractions showing up. So it is uh, it's really nice. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, this is entirely free. Entirely, entirely free perfect embodiment yeah yeah as long as as you're stuck in anything you will have a contracted space or contracted energy um and you can deny it if you like but only for so long before you realize oh damn i am contracted there's a sense of something here that is not integrated that's not ready that's not um that's fearful or lack-based any of that the thing that wants to get something, the thing that wants to be something different. Any little glimmer of that should just be looked at. Because if you have a subject, all you need to do is turn it into an object. It's that simple. Whether that be like psychologically, like with an attachment, like I believe that if I lose my I don't know, my favorite item, I'm going to feel a loss of myself. That's an attachment. You have a self in that item. You know, just sever the ties. See that that's an object. Same goes for anything else. The the self that's claiming to be inadequate, the self that's claiming to be anything, turn it around, look at it. As soon as you look at it, it can't say anything because it's now an object. And who's the agency then? then you're in agency-lessness. And that's basically like, I guess, the, the idea of all of this. Um,
4: yeah.
1: like It comes back to those like three or four things that we said. If you're suffering, there's something. There's an experiencer. There's an experiencer, there's a subject, there's a self. If you're seeking, just look, just turn it around. Just look at that thing that's pretending to look at everything else and then you level the playing field and then you you see it's only ever been objects of experience we're all objects of experience god knows how that works but it's true
0: yeah how infinite manifestation works
1: yeah for no one for no one and for nothing you know, it's even a slight stretch to say that it's it's manifesting for itself, because it's not even doing that. It's even <laughs> less caring than that. It's like, I'm just doing what I'm doing for nobody, not even for me. I'm manifesting not even for any perceiver. I'm not even manifesting for someone to enjoy it. On relative level, yeah, the people can enjoy the experience, but on absolute level, there's no one here to enjoy what's happening. And that's what's so beautiful about it. It's like creating art for nobody to see. You know, you know that the art has been created and you left it in a desert somewhere and it'll never ever be seen. And but that's the beauty of it for nobody. It's just the creation,
3: mm.
1: just the spontaneity. No goal. It's just that in itself. Nope, doesn't serve a purpose. The purpose, if anything, was the creating of the art
2: for no one. Mm.
3: Ah. <sighs> I
0: love how in the law of one, there's the, the creator will know itself as the, you could say, the explanation of the infinite manifestation. And then I also love, like you shared, the infinite manifestation being for no one and being like making an incredible universe with all of its epic dance knowing itself expressing itself but then that also being in a in a painting in a desert and to really be able to uh, like feel that
3: it um It's just no better
0: word than yeah, than freedom. and like I guess peace is another really good one for it. It's peace also. Um. <sighs>
4: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, and entirely causeless, causeless and goalless, pure spontaneity it's a human thing to believe that something exists for something else you know we do one thing for another person or we do something so that we can feel better about ourselves this cause and effect thing its human that's not how true nature operates it's not operating for anything and because of that can be said to be pure innocence like if a child is playing the child's not playing for anyone the child's just playing. Mm. There's nothing more to be said about it. The child isn't even really playing for itself because the child doesn't really have that sense of like gain, reward. It's just impulses, pleasure in the body, whatever. That's not, it's not directed toward anyone. And that's uh, a manifestation of pure innocence. And this is just that on a massive scale. Yeah. It's a massive, massive, innocent creation. And seeing that is what really liberates because you can then embody that viewpoint on your level of the person. And you can see that what's happening now is the goal. This is it. Yes, you're not striving for anything in the same way that the infinite creator is not creating for anything except for just the creation itself. You are existing here now, purely for the fact that you're existing here now. And that is what gives you inherent worth. That is what gives you inherent capacity to love, mm-hmm. to experience happiness and peace. Because it's not about a cause and effect. It's not about living for something or trying to become something in the end or anything like that. It's, yeah. it's been this moment from the start. Yeah. This moment has been the prize from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Just for the sake of nothing. What? Who cares? I, who knows what it's for? But that's, that's such freedom. Because you no longer need to believe that anything else exists. Anything else is important other than what is happening. Hands off the wheel. Beautiful.
0: Mm. Yeah. The microcosm of childlike innocence as the macrocosm of universal innocence of the infinite manifestation being totally innocent and um yeah i love agency lessness that's so good also And I like how you also mentioned how it's like this from the very beginningless beginning, um, this innocence, um, this fun. Um, mm -hmm. And that's why, um, yeah, it's, that's why Frank also says this a lot, that it's like natural state is very much like the the childlike innocence, the grandparent-like wisdom, um, the sage-like purity, the monkey-like natural spontaneousness.
4: Yeah.
0: All merged together. Also an AI. All merged together. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: It's so perfect. It's
1: it's it's everything. It's everything. And you know, the spontaneity just comes from again, like, not believing that you should be doing something that you're not doing. Because as long as we believe that we should be doing something else, your spontaneity is just, um, like, capped, basically. It's like, no, I can't. You're constantly contracted. You can't, you know, act like this, because you believe that you're supposed to be something. So it's like contracting you. So as soon as you realize, oh, shit, this this whole thing is just for the case of it, yeah. you you just automatically embody the spontaneity. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, you, you know that you're operating risk-free. You can do, okay, within reason, whatever you like. It's a party, no matter when you were suffering, when you were like, that was a party too, man, sorry. Your higher self is enjoying that. It's enjoying the ability to suffer. We have such a unique, um, let's say gift as human and um, you know, on this planet, to have this capacity to feel like shit. We don't realize that's a really great thing. You know, there are a lot of things that don't have that ability. So even suffering is a gift. Even suffering is in this play of absolute perfection, creativity and fun. It just doesn't feel like it, but that's not how it's supposed to feel. Otherwise it wouldn't be suffering. So yeah, that's just like also the perspective that's like good to remember. Just the capacity to suffer even that, even that, even that has been part of this innocence, because source, if you want to make it something, will not have the capacity to feel, or to suffer, or to love, like, like I said, it's like a star, almost, a star can't love, it just creates, and so it's such a gift that it can create something with the ability to suffer, that's us, Yet when we're suffering, we feel so not special, but there's really something special about that suffering. There's something very unique and very human and very rare if you think about on a cosmic level. I wonder how many other beings there are around that can suffer, especially if you refer to like the densities, um, according to the law of one. Suffering is definitely only a very small portion of that. And we just happen to be here at this point in time where we have this capacity. So even that can be embraced along the way while you're seeking, while you're suffering. It's a gift, man. Yeah. It's a gift. And I assure you, you're going to look back when you're like fully enlightened think, wow, that that was actually pretty
0: cool. Totally. To
1: cry and to feel like that. Yes. Yeah.
0: Because yeah. yeah. Andrew Hewson, when he came on our show, Mm -hmm. he described it as precious fuel and that stuck with me. I love it. Yeah. Yeah pressure
4: yeah Yeah,
1: exactly it is because we just want to get rid of it right we just oh i don't want to feel this right now we just somehow lack the perspective of oh this is delicious in its own way it's delicious um deep suffering deep feeling if your consciousness progresses you're no longer going to be able to feel that you need to enjoy The journey, because you truly do do kind of become like a robot. Not that it's bad; it's great. But you look back and you think, "Wow, there was such a flavor to that suffering that I didn't see at the time." And now I no longer have a self; I can't suffer anymore. But in hindsight, wow, that that was pretty pretty good. I can see now why higher self would choose to embody or into incarnate as something that can have that experience. But it's only in hindsight while we're going through the suffering it's it's like uh. (laughs) but you know maybe it can help someone if they hear it next time they're suffering really badly just think of the flavors of the suffering you know when when do you feel this strong when when are the emotions so nuanced so consuming there's something about it although painful that's just so like you said precious precious unique
4: yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: And really no, and nobody ever will have the same exact uh, expression of unique sufferings and unique seekings, and so to to really enjoy fully the uniqueness of that thatness that suchness itself is it's so important it's so important because uh this is it like this is it so may as well deeply enjoy um all of that um that precious fuel that suffering that seeking that Um, realization, that integration, that service.
1: Yeah, enlightenment is as much the thing you get to as it is what happens along the way. And it's completely, literally the outcome does not weigh any more than the process. I I remember when I was going through the initial stages of uh, no self, the small character the death of the character you could say i would wake up in the middle of the night and my head was the size of the universe and i i couldn't find where my head started and where it ended and even that created immense disorientation and suffering i i remember you know like in those movie scenes where the characters like this over the bathroom sink like looking in the mirror and they're like high on some kind of drug i felt like that i was like oh my god what what is happening Uh, to you? You are, (laughs) this is, this is so scary. I I can't find myself. I'm looking at my body, but this isn't me. And I was so scared. I was fearful and it was suffering. But in hindsight now there was something about it that I will never, ever, ever get back. Yes. And if everyone is going to have that same kind of experience where something is frightening or heartbreaking or, but when they're out of it, they're going to look back and think, wow, there was depth there that I've never felt again. The yeah. uniqueness of that experience was the flavors that made it could never come together again now. They could never make that particular feeling, that particular feeling of like dread and existentialism and I didn't know where my body started and stopped. I didn't know who I was and this was the dead of night and I felt like I was tripping, And I was so scared, but guided by this grace, guided by this beautiful sense of everything's going to be fine. You are shitting off for now, but you're going to be okay. But at the time, it's like, oh, I just want this to be over. Mm. But that should be wished less. You know, suffering should be embodied more, a little. It shouldn't be resisted along the way. Because like you said, everyone has this unique formulation, unique mind. Even if I tune into the mind of another, it's, it's nothing like mine. Everything in my paradigm gets shifted. It's like it's rearranging if you tune into the energies of someone else. And I thought people were reasonably the same. I thought we're all kind of have the same kind of patterns in our minds and same templates and stuff, but it's not true. We're all formulated completely differently and we all have completely unique experiences of suffering. And completely unique experiences of just happiness and love and the diversity, the diversity.
0: I love how you all powered by grace, also. That was so beautiful. And I love how you talked about the synthesis of flavors coming together for the exact feeling. Um and I feel like on our next conversations that we can explore this like so much deeper this is such a cool yeah. art to it um yeah i love even just tuning into that love feels different across all eight billion in this collective um that all the patterns of expression feel different for all eight billion and that's that's such a beautiful thing too um and yet it's all like comprehended um, by the same one, and that's also so beautiful at the same time. and so and theres and there's just no ground um, to stick on, and then that's so freeing and so liberating. We covered just so much goodness, Colette, I'm so grateful.
1: it's great. Yeah, me too. It was really, it was a very good sharing, especially after being quiet for so long. It was like, I don't know what I'm going to say. And uh, <laughs> I hope that I, I can say something. And we did, we did. And I'm very, very grateful and um, very happy to have spoken with you. It's kind of like just been like sitting, like been marinating kind yeah. of. And not, I haven't really allowed an outlet because there's there's like, there's this want to like make sure that everything is stable first that i don't conceptualize something in a way that it's not and these past six months i'm probably going to be back on instagram after you post this um but the past six months have just allowed this to like really settle and also for the teaching to be able to come forth in a way that is more understood and more holistic and yeah i really appreciate being able to speak here and thank you for giving me the opportunity to do that. And it's been such a great sharing. I really loved every minute. And uh, too. yeah, in our next ones, we can definitely elaborate on some of the stuff we've said. Yeah. It'll be very exciting.
0: Thanks for your beautiful radiance, love.
3: <laughs>
1: thank you. Likewise. so good. <laughs> thank you.
3: So cool. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Oh. <laughs> so. <exciting. laughs> cool. Cool, cool. So, um let's see what shall we say now. We can say um thanks everyone for tuning in.
2: You <laughs> Thank you. Thanks
0: for you. guys Um <laughs> you. we would love to hear from you in the comments below if you want to write a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Um, anything that really like stood out, caught your attention, um, helped you on your journey, um, where you're at in your journey, um, maybe either Colette or I can come in and write back to you. Um, uh, also you can subscribe to the channel if you haven't yet. Um, you can also, um, like the video that helps the algorithm and even share the video also. That's a good idea. Uh, If it brought you value, you can share it with others and just spread the message more. You can find um, Colette's Instagram in the bio. So you can go and check out her Instagram where she also makes lots of posts about the subject and you can go and follow her there. Is there another good link that we should put in the bio?
1: Not yet, but very soon. Possibly this month, I think, yes
0: mystery.
2: <laughs> ah, I love it.
1: Yeah, yeah, we got to expand the teaching. So yeah, I'll be back on Instagram this month, Feb, and shortly after some more links.
0: Cool. See. So then check out the bio um, for those links. Also, we'll add them there as they get published. And also the link to um, No Limits Society, the organization that we were talking about. Um, training free agents for the ignition of global awakening manifesting shambhala um, if you want to check that out the links in the bio as well and yeah i'm really excited we'll probably um, tune back into uh, doing another one of these rounds soon and just see how that keeps blossoming in our friendship super looking forward to it i'll I'll go ahead and I'll end uh, the recording and then you and I can just stay in the room for a little bit, okay? Okay, bye everyone. We love you. See you. Bye,
1: thank you. We love you.